Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Laura Caseros, Practice Manager for Dermatique Laser and Skin. Welcome, everybody. This is Alex Tiersch to another episode of Medical Spa Insider. And I have on the AmSpa hotline, uh, Ms. Laura Caseros uh, with Dermatique Med Spa and Laser in Geneva, Illinois. And um, we actually were able to track down Laura. She's sitting in a closet right now. Is that right, Laura? You still in there? <laughs> yes, I am. Locked in the closet, trying to hide. <laughs> no, um, a little background, just because I think it's it's interesting. Um, Geneva, where you're located, is just right down the street from me. So I'm, 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 I'm going to make it over there soon. Um, and, and, and check out your, your, your med spa and, um, and take some photos and stuff and we'll do some, do some, do some Instagrams or whatever, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how it is, but, but, but how, how, how are you guys doing? I know you're, you're, um, you work with Dr. Gina Lesnick, who's the medical director and I believe the, the owner, um, or, or started it, um, Tell me a little bit about your med spa, um, what you offer, how long you've been in the industry, and just kind of just a little bit about you so folks know who you are. Sure. So originally, my background comes from multi-unit on the spa side, multi-unit locations. I have been in ownership as well myself, but I have been working side by side with Dr. Lesnick for the past 12 years. Wow. So, um, you know, stepping into the medical arena um, was a very different transition as far as my, um, just our whole operations difference. Yeah. But, you know, after several years of the, we always say it's a walk, crawl, and then a run. Um, yeah. And that was definitely the way that it happened here. Yeah. So um, the, the the Med Spa Dermatique has, has been, open i want to say for is it is it like 15 over 15 years is that right yeah 16 years so just to give you a little back yeah. information how how i even became involved in dermatique is i was a patient of dr lesnick oh really um yes so i was her patient and when i first came to dr lesnick is first I knew that I liked her a lot. I loved the location, but I knew that her business was troubling. Um, she was, you know, like many physicians, they were trying to do this on the side, or at that time anyway, they yeah. were trying to do it on the side. So she has a large family practice out of Copley Hospital and was doing that full time. And then this was kind of her side gig. Mm-hmm. So the training aspect at that time, it was basically when med spots first came around to the scene. Yeah. You know, they were there was these big equity firms that were going into all of these physician CME locations, you know, where multiple physicians were going in for yeah. four hours. Yeah and presenting these packages of this med spa business. Okay. These packages included, you know, the whole business structure and purchasing yep. all of these lasers. And, you know, it's going to be basically we're going to do this and turn on the lights and everybody will come. Yeah. yeah. In the meanwhile, you know, they put it into these all false, false, what I call false, numbers and expectations of what it takes in order to build the build the business yeah. and you're a few hundred thousand dollars in debt because you purchase all these lasers 
And they basically said that when you purchase this laser, you know, patients will just show up. Yeah. So at that time, I knew that her business was struggling just from um, the whole, from what it took to schedule an appointment to who was answering the phone. And one day when I came in, I said, how, you know, how's it going? You know, just in casual conversation. Um, I go, you know what I do, right? And I've always been on the managerial, on the business side, as well as ownership side uh-huh. in running um, Boz. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, you know, if you ever wanted to chat a little bit about business and see if I can help you, um, you know, give me a call. Yeah. Well, she called me the next day <laughs> and we sat down and had a meeting. And at that time, she had been open, I think it was about four years. Yep. So she was at that crossroads where it was either I dump it and take my losses and go. Because yep. now I'm trying to create this, you know, build this business. But I, in the meantime, I'm still a few hundred thousand in debt because of all the laser bills. So to make a very long story short, I said, she goes, I do, I need help. I don't know what else to do. And I said, I let me come in. You don't have to worry about paying anything. Let yeah. me just take a look and see what I see. Yeah. And within two weeks, I came every day. I was here a million hours a day. But I said, I understand from being in ownership that opening your books to yeah. a stranger can be very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's terrifying. And I just kept telling her, I'm like, you're a doctor. Oh my God, be the doctor. Yeah. Be yeah. the doctor and let me see what I can see on the business side. She says, well, nobody ever taught me how to do business. Yeah. And I said, I know, but you have a medical degree. Right. So it's certainly not any fault of your own. Just let me see what I can see. Yeah. So after a couple of weeks, um, I said, I can help you. I know I can help you, but in that, in that, we have to do it exactly as this process. Right. You have to do it this way. Everything yeah. from purchasing to paying bills um, to how we're going to market to customers, all of it. And with that, she, she, you know, at that time, it was just desperate situation. I had no other choice. So lo and behold, we started building back from that conversation and yeah. I was like don't worry about paying me I don't you know that wasn't an issue and um Dr. Lesnick and I have an immense amount of compassion and trust in each other and yeah. admiration I mean to find the fact that her and I both our work ethic our um, ability to communicate and it took us a while to get there yeah but you know she is an in- an incredible person, but an, an incredible worker as well. And so am I. So our work ethic really matched. And I taught her a whole different side. And oftentimes when meeting with providers, physicians, yeah. I called them, you know, their whole um, service side is very different. But I knew how she was a, as 
a provider because I was her patient. Right. And even though I was offering these prompts to her as the patient, you know, well, what about this or what about that? She was so focused on the chart, she never really heard what I was saying. Yeah, you know what, Laura? I and and I I I, I want to kind of dig into this a little bit because I think that's a fascinating story that you're that you're telling, and it's very relevant to to the industry and what we're doing. Um, and I think it's, 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 it's such a testament to both you and, and, and your skills, um, and also, um, Dr. Lesnick and her ability to listen, kind of give herself up. So I, I, I want to, I want to get back into that, but, um, let's fast forward a little bit. So, um, you, um, formed this partnership together where you were going to help her with the business side of things. That was back, uh, what was that? Like 2010 ish from what I recall. Right. And then, so fast forward to now and just, um, in light of that partnership and and what, like just give folks a, a sense of where you are now from size scale, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing, um, so that people can know kind of how far you've come. Cause I think it's pretty extraordinary. It, it is. Um, you know, and it, it was, as everybody knows, it's, it's a lot of work. Although I see a lot of younger, you know, coming up quicker. So I always feel like, ah, we should have got there sooner. <laughs> I was pulling the horse by myself, but uh, in all honesty, I mean, Dr. Lesnick only has worked here two days a week with some Saturdays. And we were able to build the business with a provider who is really only here for two days a week and still to this day is only here two days a week with some Saturdays. And to be doing that very singly is really our, that's really how we built our brand is one person at a time. Yeah. So fast forward now, you know, we have five providers, um, an aesthetic team. We have four SDs and front desk staff. So, you know, we originally had three treatment rooms. Now we have um, six in the process of building four more, but we already have the existing space. So I I never, this is a unique situation. We had, we did our large build out and expansion in 2018. Okay. And um, as soon as that door opened, now we had hired two other providers at that time, all working in their own treatment rooms. And then um, as soon as we opened up that door, the floodgates just happened, we filled in the space. And then um, we had this additional space prior, we accepted in our expansion, we had this extra space addition at that time in 2018. So I say that we're building four more treatment rooms, but in an existing space that we've been paying rent for since 2018, we were using it as a training center. Gotcha. Gotcha. And does, so does Dr. Lesnick, is she still, um, doing, uh, I think, I think you said it was family medicine. Is is she still practicing there or is this kind of Mm -hmm. her full-time gig? And I, and I know she's not there all the time, but is she, so she's still practicing, I'm at the hospital. Correct. Okay. Wow. Okay. Correct. No, that's, I, I mean, I think that's important for folks to know because it's, um, it's another route, right? That, that these doctors or providers can take, um, provided they find someone like you, right? I mean, everybody can, this is, there's a million different ways to do this. And, and I think it's, it's kind of cool the way you guys have, have, have been able well, to, to form it. Okay, Alex, this one is going to be for you particularly because <laughs> when, when I started here, I knew nothing really on 
what what is it that you're always talking about? Compliance yeah, or the com- laws and your right. regulations. So honestly, I started with you, you know, when it was still yeah. Illinois Medical Association, because I took that um I, I took that responsibility wholeheartedly, knowing that I was going to be here, the one who was here six days a week, all hours, and protecting her license basically was, I took very seriously, yeah. and I still do to this day. So I really relied on all of the information that you you have always supplied in order for me to really grow and learn the laws and regulations in order to really form you know, yeah. form our practice in a very integrity law, yeah. <laughs> following the law way. I, I just took that very personally. Man, you're like but a you're like a super you OG. You're you're a, we we always call OGs the 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 folks who were original members of of of, of AmSpa, but you're like a super OG because you were back with Illinois Med Spa Association, which is not a name yes. that comes up very often anymore. <laughs> yes, I mean that's what I started. I don't even know how it was that I found you. It was some miracle. (laughs) And then I'm like, you know, we have to really learn this. And we took that very seriously. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's unfortunately. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I I was just saying that I think unfortunately, like you said, there's a bunch of rodeos out there and, um, you know, we did not want to be one of them. Yeah. No, I, I I think that's well. First of all, that's that's great. Um, and and I when I was when I was looking at at um, preparing for this podcast, I I did I, one of the things I had circled was I really wanted to get into your relationship and, and your working relationship with Doctor Lesnick because um, it's it, it's interesting and, and I think it's 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 there it's indicative of the way a lot of things should work in this industry, but don't, and that you've got um, a, a physician like Dr. Lesnick who, who clearly has, you know, the, the, the medical acumen to, to do the treatments, but is a physician. Like she said, she's a, she, she never learned any of the business stuff. And it's, it's, it's about finding one of two things. Either the physician has enough, um, you know, kind of wherewithal and, and, and is humble enough to, to learn it themselves and to kind of reinvent themselves on the business side or um, to find someone like you who, who is willing to put in the time. And you found that you guys kind of found each other in that perfect partnership. I think it's great that you're um, you were her patient. Um, I mean, what's the <laughs> what's the what's your relationship like right now? Are you, are you guys must be like family, right? I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I love her. Yeah. She's my friend. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I do. I just, I've always had, you know, she's just a wonderful person. You know, truly just a wonderful person. And we entrust each other fully. Now, I know that's, you know, a rare and unique situation. But I think in this business, we've been able to divide our responsibilities and I respectfully, obviously, any medical decisions, those are hers and any business decisions, those are mine. And it's just been an easy path for us. Well, it, it's, and it's worked out. Um, and so yeah, I, and I, I get it. Partnerships don't always work out. No, hundred percent understand that. They, 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 they don't. And it's been, it's so I, I think that's, I think that's incredible, but I also think it's, you know, it shows that, that they can work out and people need to, 
Um, you know, it's, it's, again, there's different ways to, to do this. We see physicians who are full-time medical directors, part-time medical directors, um, whatever it may be, but you know, you can do it as long as you take the business and the compliance side seriously, um, which, which mm-hmm. you have. And so I, I want you to take me back if, if you don't mind to, to when you were first in those two weeks, you were going through the office with Dr. Lesnick when you first started, right? So, so back in the day when, when you weren't yet formally working with her, just kind of assessing the way things were. Um, it, thinking back then, what were some of the things, specific as you can remember, obviously, because it was some time ago, um, they kind of jumped out at you that, that you could tell right away, okay, this is something that we need to work on. I know you mentioned like who's answering the phones and things like that. Like, but was, what was it things like that? Or was it a little more complicated? Um, I mean, there was multiple different, you know, the phone, of course, you know, the first impression, understanding the brand, the brand message, all of that. But the one thing, if you, the, the one thing that sticks in my head the most was patients were walking through the door you know, of course there was always gaps and blah, 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 but they were walking in the door, but they were walking out the door just as fast as they were walking in the door. Meaning, you know, they were, there was no accountability for what they were here for. Um, Like Mm -hmm. I would hand her, I remember specifically handing her back the chart because at that time, you know, we were paper charts. Yeah. And I'd be like, "I, I need to know more about this person. Why were they here? What, what was the assessment? Like, what, what did you talk about? And I'm just, you know, what did you talk about in there? And it was very, and I would hand it back to her and I would irritate. That would make her absolutely nuts because as providers, they're so chart driven Yeah, and they can only see what's written on the chart. And it actually was uncomfortable for her to stand with a patient without that in her hand because she didn't, you know, it's like she didn't yeah. even know. I'm going to put the chart down. You just have to look at her face to face. Just look at her. Yeah. Like a friend. Yeah. And we, we had tons of those conversations. And then I would like purposely not find a chart because then she had to open up with, <laughs> Just dialogue, just normal conversation. I would hide it. I'm like, oh, I can't find your chart right now. It, it was just a lot of that and pulling her to prescribe. And I really think that, you know, it falls true for so many providers is they wear their own financial insecurities on their sleeve. They're mm-hmm. not prescribing solutions. They're not seeking solutions. And they're not really offering a patient what they're here for. They're right. like, oh, I see your hip for Botox. Okay, let's see some, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even though they might have hair growing out of their chin or they have a million different things that they're, that they just know nothing about. And I, and I use this analogy because mm-hmm. it's happened to me. It's when you're speaking to patients, you know, they don't know what they don't know. And I can mm-hmm. tell you a million times because I worked in the treatment room with her side by side for two and a half years, nonstop. Mm-hmm. So I could learn her verbiage. She could hear my verbiage. Mm-hmm. Because I swear to God, it was like what I was hearing the person say was totally different than what she was hearing them say. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm hearing different insecurities. Yeah. And, you know, she was hearing one like very different things than yeah. what I was hearing. Yeah, she was probably hearing so, like a specific clinical problem and you were hearing, 
you, you, you were hearing, you know, kind of, you were listening, right. And, and, and thinking, oh man, yeah. this is a whole treatment plan or whatever. And that's, that's fascinating. Go ahead. Sorry. Or like a person would have, um, <laughs> I would say, you know, like a barnacle. Okay. Yeah. A barnacle. Or if I would call a bad sunspot on somebody's face, a barnacle. I'm like, they could have a barnacle on their face and nobody would even mention it. And to me, that's like sticking out so much. I'm like, how do you not mention the fact that we can remove that for you? You know? Yeah. So we would go back and forth and it was like, I, I, we would just go back and forth and I'd be like, this is what and her and I would chat together with the patient because what I was hearing different and what she was hearing and really learning how to hear what pa- patients are saying and, uh, you know, standing side by side with a patient and they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And I say that all the time because if somebody has a sunspot on their face, they don't know what it's going to be in order for us to get it off their face and that we can actually do that for them. So here's me. And I was just speaking organic. Like I would be like, you know, we have a machine that can take that right off your face. Clearly probably one in one treatment really quick. Really? I'm like, yeah. And she's already been here (laughs) 10 times, but nobody ever said that to her. Yeah. I, you know what? I, 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 sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, um, I I mean, what I was going to say is it's, it's it's so interesting because because we we see this so much, um, not as much anymore. I mean, but 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 definitely back you know five ten years ago, these the the, the the and whenever I tell people when we're doing our boot camps uh, or whatever it is, it's it's if a doctor comes in and a lot of a, a lot of med spas are owned by folks exactly like Dr. Lesnick. They're, they're family practice doctors. They work in a hospital. They do this on the side and they start kind of getting into the industry. But I tell them and, and others have told them, if you run your med spa like a doctor's office, like she's accustomed to acting through medical school and at the hospital where it's literally chart driven, everything is very clinical down the road. Like that's where you're fi- where they fail. And so to, 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 mm-hmm. to hear it coming from you based upon personal observation is, is I, I think it's pretty keen insight. It, it, it is. It, it takes a lot of practice. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't. So I would love to. This. I would love to hear the some of the specifics about you know the, those two years that you're kind of in the in in the room with her learning. That's got that had to have been an education for both of you. Well, it was for sure because I didn't have the you know the clinical background, and I had to learn a lot about the why or what, you know, what a lot of aesthetic treatments do and the why behind it, even though I had personal experience on, on many different things. But, um, you know, it was a lot of, it, we grew in the beginning that way when our patients looked at us as a team, we were a double package because right. I had no problem. I come from the, um, you know, the aesthetic side, but I'm, I'm very well trained on all skincare, I mean, I'm licensed as well, you know, on that. So I have tons of clinical information when it comes to skin, skin treatment. So we would just pull together these, her and me, it was like this package. But, you know, it it took a lot. And and she would get very frustrated with me, I'm not going to lie, when I would hand something back to her. You know, I'd be like, nope, we need to know more. And I, I, you know, when you have no money to spend on marketing, you have no money. You know, you, you have, we're in that in the beginning. Now this is going back, you know, yeah. 2010, you have zero money. And 
you have no, you have zero marketing dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to figure it out on how and what creates the most value and how we can still grow with zero marketing dollars. Right. And that's what I had to figure out. And I knew it in my head. I'm like, but you have all these people here, except we have no idea why they're here. We have no way to, you know, we're not following up with them. We're not, we're not creating a plan. We're not turning a single service patient into a multi-service patient. We have no system in place and learning how to do that process. And when I'm telling you it's building, and I don't care how big or small you are now, even though, mm-hmm. our, you know, we could have 200 and plus phone calls in a day. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. We still roll back into very basic things. And I will not sway from there because every person is, you know, our, our ability to retain. We don't, we spend zero dollars still on marketing. Really? Once a mile, I might do a Facebook ad, but I don't <laughs> do anything. And our new patient count is about 115 a month. So, so I, that's I, with us. No, no, go ahead. Finish that. That's with you. What? Spending zero dollars. Okay, I, I I have to dig into that. That's that's extraordinary. <laughs> um, so, wh- wh- where are the patients coming from? Is is it word of mouth, like customer referrals? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny, and I and like I say too, you know, we're not the. I I have spent years on. I know our analytics and our Google analytics specifically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in having implemented a lot of organic searches mm-hmm. on through our SEO, it took several years. Like I, it was like, oh, you can just register on here. It's free. Or you can just register on here. It's free type right. of things. So at that time, going back several years, I just put in all of these organic searches and SEO and I don't want to nerd out about it, but SEO is important and you can utilize in making sure, you know, that everything is in place. You can hire people for that. I had to figure it out on my own because I didn't have any money or I didn't want to spend it. So, but our new patient count, I, um, we track it all, you know, we track how do you, you know, how do patients hear from us? A lot of it is Google. Yeah. Just, Googling us, being able okay. to search. And a lot of it is also patient referral. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, it is, it is. So, so, okay. So you've, you've, you, you had to kind of reinvent the wheel yourself and figure out how to do SEO and get noticed on the web. Um, one thing you also mentioned that I, that I found interesting and I would love to, for you to, to tell me more about is um, you said that even though, you know, now you've got, you know, whatever, four or five, uh, you know, providers and, and, and estheticians and you're expanding, you've got a hundred plus new patients a month. You, you go back to the basic processes that you did when you were still small. What, what are those processes? Like, what are you talking about there? Like, like what, like what are the one or two things you're just like, this is what we're always kind of focused on. Um, first is really understanding our brand message. And I know that sounds, um, but we have to know our why. Why is it that people are walking through the door? Yeah. And if we're not all understanding our why and our purpose as a brand and as a team, yeah. then nobody else who walks through the door is going to understand that. Yep. And I know that sounds really cliche, but in where I come from, from high-end spa side, yep. 
and from a healthcare side, you know, merging those two components has I've taken it on as a mission and really helping our providers. We train really hard on that process. And um, it, it takes a lot of training. So our whole team understanding our brand message and how we look in front of the guest experience mm-hmm. and making sure that every guest has a reason to share their experience is something that we all work hard on. Right. So then um, what, what was there a time... First of all, I think this. I, by the way, I think this is fascinating, and and I I'm so happy that that, that we've had you on because the, the 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 your story is is in many ways a microcosm of 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 how this industry has developed and 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 the fact that you've been able to do it. Um, number one, it's very hard work. It's taken you a long time, right? This is this doesn't happen overnight. Um, number two, there's there's so many things to learn. Um, but again, going back to when you were working with um, Dr. Lesnick and you were trying to instill these things like patient follow up, um, patient plan, getting multiple bites at the apple, like you know people are just coming in and they're leaving. We, um, was there a point for her where where you know, where you it seemed that she just kind of got it and was like, oh yeah, this and like when did it start to work? How long did that take? And was there one moment where it was like, oh man, we can actually make this work? <laughs> it's a funny question because honestly um i mean in two years we we paid off a couple hundred thousand in debt in yeah. within it took us two years so but i think she got it she got and understood before then she, mm-hmm. she understood it the process and was believing in the process before then i i i i proved myself i love i I don't, I don't want to say prove myself. I like showing data. Yeah. I like showing. So I gave her all of this data every month. And then we could watch it together grow and change. Yeah. And and then I, I would just like, here it is. Here, you know, I kept showing the results of our work. This is the why we're doing this because of this. And really being very upfront and forward with the change. Because I don't want anybody to just believe what I'm saying. I'm going to show you this is the why. Right. Right. So probably a couple of years. And then, you know, after a couple of years of building, you know, coming out and then we started building up and what does that look like? And how do we do that? And honestly, I didn't, I really focused on what is our, and I, I still, to this day, we focus on our brand message and creating our brand value. Okay. And I, we talk about this as a team. We train as that as a team. Um, it's just that portion of it is a lot of work. Yeah. So uh, I, I think many many clinics don't like. What is your brand? You know, what is your message? What is the? How are you creating value to patients? So so let me throw that right back at you. So what what is your brand message? What do you? How do you create value for patients? So well, our our it it, it is. From the experience when you call to the experience in the treatment room and our outcomes. So we have never, even though we're driven by numbers, we are driven by numbers, there isn't patient, you know, we're going to be very upfront and honest. And I think having an integrity um, mm-hmm. practice is super important. I'm not going to, pers- you know, nobody's going to prescribe something that a patient would not benefit from. And you know, 
we don't, I could, I know of stories because we've had, you know, many patients. Oh yeah, I was at so-and-so and they told me I needed to come in for, right. you know, this, all of these other things and they didn't need any of them. So it's prescribing honestly and mm-hmm. just really, you know, getting, creating relationships with patients, getting to know them um, and taking them through a journey. And I always say, you know, patients, it's how in our initial assessment as well, patients don't look in the mirror for their beauty. They're looking in the mirror for their imperfections. And that is a hard thing to swallow. So when we know that emotionally, that emotional side of why somebody is here, we have to be thinking along that way. Like it's uncomfortable to, to, feel uncomfortable with ourselves you know yeah. it's uncomfortable we feel uncomfortable we feel insecure we feel all of these things and to recognize that as a provider and to be able to give that reassurance that you know you've chosen the right we understand i know i feel that way too i i, I do you know and being empathetic with patients and just really creating relation relationships and creating trust yeah yeah you know, we have patients who really entrust us yeah. They know point blank we are not going to offer a solution if that is not what they need. Right. You know what's what's so interesting and and I've found this with virtually 100% of the success really successful um solid med spa owners that I've talked to. Um really and this is across the board. So um and and, and that is when you talk about the success of your med spa and your clinic, it's it, it it's all about the experience, the team, the the relationships, and kind of the feeling that patients are getting. And, and I say that because what it's not is there's no, and this is not to say that the outcomes aren't tremendous because I'm sure they are, but really it's you know good outcomes price like all these things that i think a lot of people fret over at the beginning um kind of take care of themselves when you're focused on the experience and the team and and building you know building that relationship with the patient it's just it's so consistent that's always how it is it is it is um you know learning how to credential and yeah I see many, 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 I'm sure you do too, many clinics that they're always having some form of deal. They don't charge for their consultation, which is ridiculous to me. Um, You know, I see that all the time. We don't do any of that. Mm -hmm. You know, our medical assessments are a charge. You know what I mean? And and, and we create value. We never do discounts. Um, Okay. We, we send a birthday text. Right. We give them a little something for their birthday. But so you'll do like little we, specials, we but you don't, you're not discounting. Yep. Gotcha. It, it's, we just completely lean away from that. And um, I just, we create the value. We create a lot of value. We are very, very educated team in our, um, you know, our brand message as a group is patient safety and outcomes. And what do we need to do to make sure that we're a hundred percent practicing a safe, you know, within a safe, being a safe clinic, being prepared for the, what could happen and patient outcomes. We train all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. 
we mark out time and we are always training, always, always training. Even though we have some very, very amazing injectors out there and very, very, you know, very clinically injectors, but we are constantly training because they learn something a little bit different. Right. Um, we just, we're, we're constantly training. Yeah. It, it might just even be last year or last year, last week, we literally, we had um, two uh, training. We have one on Thursday and both of these are four hour blockouts, mm-hmm. one on Thursday and one on Tuesday. And the, the value that that gives back to our practice and keeps us where we need to be. We want to be very educated. We want to be very safe. Mm-hmm. We want to deliver the best outcomes. And we spend a lot of time on our education. Yeah. All, every, every aspect of this clinic and services that we offer, um, we do not underestimate the fact that education is key. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have to be able to have, and be, it gives us a, credentialing, but right. most important is patient safety and outcome. So um, looking back again, and, and I'm sorry, I know I keep doing this, but it's so it's so interesting to, to, to hear about the dynamic um, of, of how your how the 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 med spot changed um, once you were once you together were able to kind of you know work on the experience and the process and all that. Do you recall um, did the, the whole idea of not discounting and of charging the value for what it's worth, which is which is not a, a lot of folks have difficulty with that. I know I had difficulty with that even when I was a lawyer and I opened my own my own firm. It's it's you're trying to get money in the door and therefore you're, you're willing to do kind of whatever you can to get those clients or those patients. Um, do, what was there a time when when Dr. Lesnick was doing things like discounting and you had to kind of shut that down and be like, no, oh, yeah. we're not going to do that. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember in the beginning that, um, you know, I was learning the process of how she was doing it. And, um, you know, this is how, this is how you get business is kind of what, what I keep, I kept hearing, you know, like, well, this is the only way we're going to get new people through the door is if we do this Mm kind of like, you know, buy that laser and then all of a sudden your phone's going to blow up, which is ridiculous. Yeah. We all know that. That's not how that works. Right. <laughs> but um, I, I remember specifically, she, I, I wasn't kind of, through, you know, through contact contact. Okay, you guys, I mean, as shocking as it was, that yeah. was the way you gained your list, yeah. creating us to have a patient list, right? Yeah. So at that time, we used constant contact, creating a list. Even though you still should be creating an email list, regardless of what people think, you still need the list. But um, I remember her specifically asking me, "Well, how come we're never talking about this particular laser?" I go, "Gina, I've been answering the the phone here for the last three years. Not one person has ever asked me about that laser or that treatment. So I'm not going to talk about it. That's it. They don't want it. If you want to learn what your patients want or interested in, you ask them." Yeah. You send them a questionnaire. You don't guess. Yeah. I mean, that's not how it goes. That's it's not going to work. <laughs> what drives, you know, you have to take some accountability of what are people asking about in the treatment room? What are they talking about in the treatment room? What are, what's, what is your phone blowing up on? I, I never believed in buying a laser if it didn't fall into their scope of practice. I, I just right. never would do that. It just doesn't fall. I answer the phone. I know what people, you know, at the time, I'm like, I've never had anybody ask 
for that. Never, right. Not one. Right. And the laser company, no offense, laser companies, uh, you know. Well, they want to sell lasers. They make you believe that to be true. Yeah. Yeah, so... so and, and it's not. So you... Um, and I think that's, that's, that's a really wise comment. I mean, it's, um, you don't buy a machine that costs, you know, six figures plus just, just to buy it without a plan and without doing some market research to make sure that it's, it's needed. Um, and, 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 and I see people do that all the time. And, 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 you know, the, the flip side to that is folks say, well, you know, I, I just want to do injectables only, which I, I don't think is the answer either. But you just have to know what your what your patients want, what is going to sell. And then the flip side to that is what you is what you talked about earlier, which is making sure that you have all of those those processes in place where you're letting folks know about the equipment that you have. I mean, I've seen people buy stuff and it just sits there even though people do want it just because they don't have any, they don't have any knowledge of it. And so you've got to let people know what you have. You, they've got to want it and you've got to do that work in advance. Yeah. That's a whole nother side swing conversation that I, I could have. Yeah. Um, meaning, you know, if this is our service list, say for example, um, and the providers aren't the, you know, having conversations in the room as far as initial assessments or even existing patients. If you're not offering a solution on these services that we have, that conversation is a conversation you have with an existing patient in the treatment room when they're here. Right. And it doesn't matter. I could buy 10 other whatevers, but if we're not talking about 10 what other whatevers in the treatment room while the patient is in front of us, it doesn't matter what, what, what I have. Yeah. That's a our, great our, point. Our, you know, we, we have the, I'm a data nerd and having the, the information to know how many of your patients are coming in for single services, how many are coming in for dual services, creating, increasing your lifetime value per patient. You know, this is things that yep. everybody talks about. Um, but if they're running out the door faster than they're coming in the door, that's the problem. It has nothing to do with, you right. know, if you're running harder at a new patient. And, and I know this goes against the grain for a lot of people. And I've taught this before. And it was really difficult for me to be in um, in a managerial kind of position and having everybody talk about, you know, the most common question or the most common concerns of all med spots or any business really is we just need more people through the door right, right? so then they everybody would talk about oh well this is we're doing this we're offering this we're doing you know billboards and all of this insane stuff to me um and i and i just would always ask one question i said what exactly are you doing to make sure that that person comes back once twice, three times, mm -hmm. what are you doing? What have you instilled or implemented to know and follow that person through their journey? Are you accountable for every person that walks in the door? Are you creating a plan for them? Do they have a reason to come back? What have you, you know, what are you doing? And the majority of people would be like, I have no idea. Like, what are you talking about? Right, right. And we went through that a lot. That it's always about, oh, you know, we need more, 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 more. I'm like, you don't need more. You need to, you know, look at the people who are walking in the door. Right. Really look at them. 
I that create more value. Yep, it's what you're saying is for those of you who are listening, um, worth you know a million dollars in and of itself. Because, and, and, and you know what's interesting though, I was just thinking uh, as you were talking, Laura, is that your your um, history, your story with Dr. Lesnick back in the day, um, proves that really because even back then you were still getting people walking in the door, right? You didn't have any marketing. Sure. People were still coming yeah. because, and the reason that is, is yeah. because aesthetics is so popular and it's such a, gr- a high growth business. I mean, people are going to come. Um, so keeping them and getting them to, you know, to like learning that lifetime value of the, of, 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 a, of a client and, and making sure that you're meeting it and expanding on it is so much more important. Sorry, my cat is saying hello too. Um, but th- I thought that was, I mean, that's super important and interesting that you, what you just said. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I think that is, you know, it's a constant conversation. This, this, like we're still having, you know, we always roll back to very basic things. Um, and that is very, for us, that goes all the way back to the very beginning. So this month, um, you know, at the end of the year, we always have a big team meeting, you mm-hmm. know, and we discuss how we did in the prior year mm-hmm. and then what our plan is for the new year. And then we um, carve out time for each individual person. We talk and we show them everything. All of our providers have a hundred percent cast back. They can see um, in their phone. We, you know, we use Zenodi. You know, Zenodi has had their challenges, yeah. but um, you know, it has a lot of data. And I'm a data-driven person, so. Um, but what that data delivers to a provider is it gives them the tools so they can see their own KPIs and measure themselves against themselves, which is there's nothing, you know, they're, they're able to see every day, like their new patients, their requests, their requests, their um, rebooks, um, their percentages. I mean, it's the data that they are willing to see. What that data gives them is the ability to, you know, we set goals and then they mm-hmm. can manage their own and they know where they're driving and how, what they have to do to get there. Because if you, you know, it's like driving without directions. If you don't know where you were, you right. know where you're supposed to go, but you don't know how you got there. Right, right. That data is very, um, it's a tool that we use a lot. So Literally I daily all the and I, I know there's so much data that, that, that we all collect and, and there's probably a million things that you, that you look at. <clears throat> um, not really. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, I mean, I really that's, don't. that's what I was going to say is what's the, what, you know, thinking about it, what's the one, I mean, it, it, what's the one thing you look at the most or, or one or two things, or just kind of, you know, when you think of, when you're looking at your business at the end of the year or you're looking at your providers, like, what are you looking at? Like, what's kind of the thing that really, that really, tells you how your how your clinic is doing of course i mean our retention we want to make sure that every person person is coming back okay and we want to make sure that we're increasing our patient value so patient retention is the number one the number one metric that you look at yeah yeah that is for sure as far as driving business because again if they're running out the door faster than they're coming in the door and you have no way of knowing because you're too busy working on the new patient in we, I mean, and I know this sounds really bad, and I'm not, I mean, 
I we appreciate and have we appreciate any opportunity that's placed in front front of us. I, I never want to say, oh my God, I wish the phones would just stop because I, that <laughs> could happen as we know. Thank you, COVID, right? Yeah, you're right. That happened. Yeah. But um, I forgot where I, what, what were we talking about? I got totally sidetracked on COVID. No, well, no. I, you know what? Oh. It's, it, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. As far as retention, if they're running out the door faster than they're coming in, but if 100% of your energy is focused on new patients in our clinic, our existing patients, we have VIPs, you know, the top 100 who come in, everybody knows them, they are always recognized, it's always a welcome back, it's, you know, it's like if somebody... We work really hard at measuring those tools. Mm -hmm. um, the new patient, if our new patient has a dip in like a month, like if it's a little lower than normal, it's generally because the new patients get least seating, we call it, meaning our prime time is first thing in the morning, you know, right. from nine to noon. And then our next prime time is from 3.30 to 7.00. And they get the they get a new patient gets those spots least last very last on the list only if there is by chance a time for them to get that spot. Gotcha. And same with Saturday. So you're um, leaving the prime spots for your for your existing patients, which makes sense. Those are the prime spots for existing patients. They get first seat. Gotcha. gotcha. Every time, the new patient has least value to us, and and I. I know that's a difficult thing to say, but it, it is. We appreciate and want every new patient. So if somebody's going, that's ridiculous. We appreciate and want every new patient that walks in the door. And we work extremely hard to keep them here. But new patients are least value to us. That's right. That's right. Because, yeah, I I, I, I think you're right. It, it sounds It sounds strange when you say it. But it's it's true. Number one, they've not given you any money yet, right? You haven't set their treatment plan yet. You don't really know what their concerns are, or, or you know if they're going to be a, a a good return patient over over time. Whereas compared to your existing patients that are you know like clockwork coming in every three months or every month or whatever it is, um, yeah, it makes it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Okay, well, what else? What else do you look at? Give me one more. Um, as far as numbers, okay. So I look at our retention for sure. I also really help our providers manage their service categories. Okay. Because if, it, um, expanding on their service categories will expand each patient's value. And sometimes we can tip with too much in one bucket. You know, yep. like, oh, yeah, I just did however many single service treatments. And that allows them to make sure that they're having conversations. We always measure against national standards. Like you know that the national Botox patient is, well, it just increased again. So it's, they're saying 39, 36 to 39 units. Um, we measure that. We making sure that we're hitting national standards. And then one in every three Botox patients should be a filler patient. You know, we, we look at all of those and we measure us against national standards. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why we should fall below that. Mm -hmm. Even though our, um, you know, 
the millennial generation did tick down the average unit, yeah. um, you know, for a few years, but it, there's still, we measuring and making sure you have to have something, some measuring board. If you don't know what you're measuring against, how you're going to know what you're doing is even right or good. And we measure, I, I'm, we have to be accountable for a lot of, we have to make sure we're measuring. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know, you're, you don't know what you're measuring against, being in compliance, obviously. But as far as our numbers and reports, I spend a lot of time on um, on our, a lot of time on data, yeah. looking at our retention for sure, but helping our providers understand data and what does it mean. Yeah. They can see their new patient. You know, they, they really have a lot of that. Um, yeah. So you're you're empowering you know you're empowering your providers to to be able to to do the data review and to look at their own numbers themselves, which which a, a lot I, I can tell you um, a lot of managers and owners don't do. I mean, they do it themselves, or they try to do it themselves, or they 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 do it a little bit, but 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 you're actually empowering your providers to do it themselves as well. Yeah, they have the data on their phone. Yeah, so that's they awesome. know where they are all the time and they know where they want to be. So, um, you know, I know it it was different before where you didn't give that information to um, providers, whether it was SDs or, um, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of nurse provider or nurse and MP. Years ago, you know, oh, everything was top secret. Right. I mean, I, I still think it is in a lot of clinics. I hear that often. But for us, I think education and data is power and gives in empowering them. Well, with that being said, Alex, we talked about, you know, um, you know, we're, we are a women-based practice. Yep. And, um, and this has kind of evolved and changed as we grew and our staff has grown. And personally, for me, it was something that personally, and this was going back many years ago when I owned my own business, but um, I always felt I wanted to be able to stand on my own two feet with or without a man. No offense. And yes, I've been (laughs) married for 30 years. So even though I felt that way, I did it for me. Yeah. Um, And I, we have, you know, through the years and as we've grown, we've had some things change and evolve in our practice and we have really definitely taken on that motto um you know women based and women empowerment meaning we've i we we have a strong stance on that i want any person any provider no matter what you do here in any position to be able to be in a financial position to be self-sufficient with or without a man be able to have all of your benefits 401k, Pendicare, um, flex spending accounts, insurance, you know, all of it. And to be comfortable, to be able to live financially how you choose. Now, with that being said, we work hard together and that has been our message and being able to, there isn't one person who stands there and, all right, show me the money kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. We work and run together as a team and a group. And that is, 
that is the power when you have people, you know, a company, an organization, family first, we're family first. We are, you know, everybody has kids. It's always family first. And, um, you know, we understand, but when you're building as a provider and you're learning the process of this, nobody stands and waits. We, everybody helps. We are truly, you know, we work together and together we work hard. Yeah. So you've got your own money. That's what you're saying. <laughs> got my own. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's, well, it's, 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 it's I want, no, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I think what happened in the industry and specifically on the spa side, and I know too, in many, many med spas that, you know, having benefits is not an option. I mean, it's just not, um, it, it just, it's not, you know, Oh, I have my own money. Like I said, I'm married. I have been for 30 years. But I always wanted to be able to be self-sufficient if, for whatever reason, that need ever happened. Not that I was thinking that way. I just, I just felt that for me as a woman, it was important for me to be able to. And we've, we've, we've taken that philosophy and really helped our team understand that philosophy and give them the confidence that they need mm-hmm. and know that by us working together and we work hard together, um, you know, we will make sure that we were, you know, you're going to be able to get any financial, whatever your financial goal is, no matter what it looks like. Yeah. We'll help you get there. Yeah. And I'm going to help you get there. But yeah. we work hard together to get there. Well, I think that's really important. And I, you know, in some, in some ways, I think this industry needs to almost double and triple down on the fact that it is primarily um, run by female owned businesses. Um, I was actually, I had a, when I was at MSS and I, and I know you were at MSS as well. I, I had a, a, a good conversation with, um, Carrie Strom, who's the president of Allergan Facial Aesthetics. And she's one of her point, and this was in private, but, 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 but she said, you know, we really need to, to focus on that because there's, there's so many, um, truly empowered women leaders in this industry and businesses that are owned and run entirely by women. Um, and, and, and like taking your, your, you know, your, your business dermatique, I mean, you've got, you know, almost it, maybe it is a hundred percent female, um, as, as, as far, as far as working there. And that's how it is in a lot of these places. I think that mm-hmm. almost needs to be celebrated, um, and and shown to the to the world at large even more than than we do because it's extraordinary. I, I at, at MSS and, and just looking at the the list of some of the best med spas, they are. I mean, all of them are owned and, and run by women. All of them. Well, that's a. I mean, yeah. There's some unbelievable women out there who are just killing it, right? Yeah, just absolutely killing it. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of them. <laughs> the the tough thing is, is and I think that um, you know I, I've been around for a really long time, and some of them are still young, according yeah. to me. But <laughs> I think it's important when, um, and I think we've instilled it here too, is that when you know it's going to still be there in ten years when your kids don't care whether you're there or not, and learning how to, um, you know, I guess. Here, I remember Dr. Lesnick opened this practice. She had four kids. And she opened this practice so she had, um, you know, like a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and then twin two-year-olds. Wow. Who does that? You know? <laughs> I mean, her twins were two when she opened this practice. So 
I, I mean, it's just, there are people, and I, and I said this, to, I heard many at the show, you know, oh, we need to expand, we need to expand, I need to expand again, and I just opened a 10,000 square foot, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, you know, you can loop this in a little bit. And really, my, my expanding isn't always the answer to clinics that are killing it and growing it. And, and I, that's why I hated even saying that we were going to that level. And the only reason why we are expanding is because we already have the space. We already have the right. existing space. Could I work could we work differently and be more efficient? Absolutely. Could we open up other hours? Yeah. I mean, we would have to hire almost a whole nother team to work opposing hours and be open on more. You know, the hours operation affects, do you really need to expand or do you really just need to be open different hours? Mm-hmm. Just open you know, more, those, yeah. those are things that really need to be looked at. And I had that conversation with a, with a couple of biggies. I'm like, you know, do you really need to do that or do you just need to be expanding and looking at that difference and perhaps opening a different, some more hours or adding into yeah. that because it's, I, I, I'm a testimonial that life events and things change and it's just the cycle of life and there's going to be peaks and valleys no matter how great things are going right now. But if you aren't a hundred percent at zero debt, then you probably shouldn't expand. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like if you're if you're not 100% at zero debt, and when and we all know when the lights went out, you know, I was ticked off. I was so mad. I'm like we've been, you know, our we've been booming and driving so hard and working so hard to get us to where we want to go, but we were fortunate. We were at zero debt. I, I, I we didn't owe anybody. We didn't have thousands of dollars of laser. And we were able to pay 100% of our staff all of their salary and their benefits and all of it. But we're at, we were at a different level than a lot of other practices. And I'm not going to say that I wasn't aggravated. I mean, I was ticked. <laughs> but there's different cycles of life that create these situations and you have to be prepared you have to have a disaster plan or if tomorrow the lights go off you got to know you're going to be okay Mm -hmm. so when it comes to expanding i i often say that like okay well how much debt do you have yeah i can't help it i'm gonna go there no it's 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 a good it's a good question um i think there are folks who would maybe who, who wouldn't take the the position that you need 100% you know capacity and zero debt but um, if you're going to be safe and you're going to and you truly need to ex- expand I think that's smart and I think the other thing that you said that is really in, that is really intuitive is 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 the hours you know I, you're absolutely right there there expansion is is expensive um, and it's stressful um, I've seen this many, many times. It's it, managing two stores th- or, or, or three clinics versus one is a totally different ball game. It's not just, you know, three times as hard. It's a hundred times as hard. And a lot of times there are efficiencies that can be worked out internally. And that includes things like, Hey, maybe you're going to open on Saturday or you're going to open on, um, you know, two nights a week or you're going to be open on the weekends or, or whatever it is. And it's just about expanding that. I, I think that's a really, really, really um, um, insightful comment. Yeah, I just I think that 
some odd reason, it's it's becoming, oh, well, we already need to expand. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm hesitant. I've been dragging our feet for, you know, for a while, even though, and you'll see when you come, is, you know, we've had this great space and um, we already had it when we initially took on this, this area. But to me, that means if I have four more rooms in here, that to me is meaning, guess what? I got to work harder. Um, because filling the space, you know, that has to, when there's a room and the treatment room door is open, that means we have room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's difficult. One of the other things that I think is our, one of our differentials is, um, you know, is our, our expenses. So I know that there's many different dynamics. I hear this all the time and I've sat in many managerial meetings with like clinics and I would sit in there and I, they, okay, they have a marketing department and they have, you know, like a person who does all of these things, like on the office side. Mm -hmm. And here's me sitting there going, what the hell do they do all day long? Mm -hmm. If you have everybody, you have a person to literally do everything. What are you doing? Like mm -hmm. the, the, <laughs> the office staff and knowing how to look at that expense of the business and making sure that that staff is making you revenue those are things that people don't look at or really understand. How are you monitoring that? Are you managing that? Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's an expense that many clinics don't look at. You know, marketing, we have a company that we've used and we probably do like one or two filmings with them a year. Actually, it's only been like one a year. We do a few series of videos, mm -hmm. but I use them on different, you know, platforms. I use them on social and then I just reuse them and blah, blah, blah. And then when I get tired of them, you know, it's usually like a year later, I'm like, okay, we need to do some videos. <laughs> um, but, you know, managing and I know places, you know, they're five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars a month just in marketing and Google ads or whatever it is. I'm like, holy crap. Again, how much money are you spending on retaining your patients that are you walking in your door? How much money do you spend? Because that's the expense of your front desk staff, and that's the job that your front desk should be doing for you. Right, right. Ah, you're preaching to the that's choir. Money. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Right? I love it. Yeah. I love, um, so. We're going to have to have you back because it's been over an hour, and I think the the insight and wisdom you've provided has been um, has been extraordinary. And I think I think folks can learn a, a lot more. I would love to get um, I would love to get Dr. Lesnick on too and, and get her perspective because I think I think it's such an interesting dynamic um, between the two of you and, and what you've you should both be super proud of, of what you've built. And, and I think it's it's incredible the way that it's happened, the the, the partnership, the way you you kind of both fit. A certain need, um, and, and and are able to let the other do, you know, what they do without kind of encroaching. I think that's that's a real testament to to to, to both of you. I mean, and I think Dr. Lesnick being able to kind of let go of that side of things and and allow you to come in and do your thing is is something that a lot of other MDs and DOs um, can probably learn from um, and probably need to do more of. 
Um, so I would love to get her her on too, and 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 have like a follow up where we chat about uh, just kind of about about things. And I know there's a lot more we could probably get to. Oh yeah. I could talk business all day long. Just, <laughs> you know, it's been around for a while. But I did want to mention Alex. Like, honestly, and I know I already said this, but having Anspa has been a very important part of what we're able to do in now bringing on multiple providers. And then I've had a provider who worked at multiple different locations who was, you know, she goes, oh my God, I had no idea I was practicing illegally. Like, I, I never knew. Mm, I... She'd been in the business for a long time. And, I mean, I'm like, yep. you know, that's the part that scared me about being at the last show was because there were so many newbies out there. Yep. And I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. It scares me, too. It should scare everybody um, because it should. it's it's you know, it's there's a, a wave that is cresting. And and the, as the business grows, the industry expands and people are making tons of money and then you get you know, and they're being successful and you're on Instagram and it seems like a very sexy, hot industry. And then you get folks coming into it who want a piece of it. Um, if, if everybody doesn't do it the way we're supposed to do it, ultimately the, the injuries, the, the, the bad PR and ultimately legislation and rules, it's going to, it's going to hurt all of us. So I, I'm with I you I agree there. with that. I, I agree. Uh, when I sat in the first day, I was in mergers and acquisitions. Yeah. And to be honest, the second half of that conversation was very uncomfortable for me because I was hearing all of these equity firms who are wanting yeah. to buy up all these locations, literally have them on every corner, which was used, quote me, was on like every corner, like Walgreens. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I know. American greed is never going to win. And if you're in it for the greed part, you're missing it. You're, you're really missing it. It's not yeah. about greed. You're not the first person to say that. I, I, I think that's interesting. Um, um, and, and you're right. These, the, these, it, it, there's a contingent of people out there and I've talked to a lot of them who have very similar concerns who are saying, you know, expansion of the industry is great. We all want the industry to grow. We want it to be more popular. We want it to be safe. We want it to be, you know, we all want, we all want the same things, but, um, you know, who, who are these new operators going to be that are coming in and opening 15, 20, you know, who, who are they and, and what's their motivation? Is it, is it truly to make patients more confident and safe and all that? Or is it just to make a buck? Um, I think that I think right. we're going to be hitting that and that that, that wave is going to be crashing and whatever's going to, you know, we're all going to have to be careful um, and, and have ourselves right. buttoned up. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm like, OK, everybody has worked so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Improving the industry and the standards of the industry. And it could all go to, you know, go to the wayside really quick. All right, Alex, it's been a pleasure. Likewise. Um, and I will see you soon. We're going to be over there soon. We've got to get that on the books. But um, thank you so much, Laura. I, I appreciate uh, you, you joining us. Um, so much wisdom. And we'll, we'll have you back on and, and talk more, okay? All right. Look forward to it. Have thank, a good day. You too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tierce was joined by Laura Caseros, Practice Manager for Dermatique Laser and Skin. If you're new with us, we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get AmSpa content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.